Remember when card shops were run by collectors and when you could hang out in a shop and spend less than $200? Well, Underdog Collectibles wants to bring that spirit back. They offer breaks typically starting below $20. Visit udogcollect.com and remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. A couple weeks ago, I did an episode focused on whether or not sports cards could be considered an investment. And today's episode is going to be something that's somewhat related, and you could maybe call it a a sister topic. But today, I want to talk a little bit about budgeting for cardboard. Now, I've always been a pretty financially, fiscally conservative person, going back all the way through high school. And I was a finance major in college. Personal finance is something that's very important to me. And having a budget is something that I've always done. I think it's super important to have a plan for your money or else you end up not knowing where it's going to go. And to be honest, I think it parallels with the whole investment topic. One of the pieces of feedback that I received or that some people have as a a negative to viewing sports cards as an investment is that people will spend all their money on cards, trick themselves in their mind thinking that it's a great investment, and instead of saving for retirement or paying off debt or doing some of these other things, they'll throw all their money into cards thinking that they're making wise investments. And while I believe cards can be an investment, I don't necessarily think they're a a safe place to put a lot of your hard-earned money. And one of the things that got me thinking about this was actually a collection that I picked up several years ago. It was probably late in the summer of 2018, and it was a massive collection. It consisted somewhere of around 65 printer paper boxes, you know, the the big reams of paper that hold like 20 bundles of paper, 65 of those boxes full of blasters, full of retail hanger and blaster boxes. There are also about another 20 other shoe boxes of, of various sizes. This collection literally filled up my entire Dodge Caravan. And as I got home and I started going through it, you know, what I saw that they had done kind of fascinated me. The vast majority of those boxes were, like I said, hangers and blasters, but they opened the retail, pulled some of the rookies and superstars and and a few of the inserts, and then they just stuck them back into the pack, back into the retail box, all packaged neatly into these printer boxes. These boxes were everywhere in this guy's house. You know, some of the shoe boxes had some of the cards which had already been pulled and were some of the better ones, but ultimately that got me thinking, wow, that's a lot of retail. The first thought was, how much did he spend on these original packages? There was, you know, maybe four to five hundred dollars worth of retail boxes in each one of those printer boxes. And when you multiply that times 65, you're talking about real money. That's like over thirty thousand dollars worth of retail boxes that had been purchased. Now, I have no idea what this original owner's financial situation was. You know, thirty-two, thirty-three thousand dollars over a ten-year range of of buying them. You know, based on what cards were in there. You know, that could be fun money for some, and it could be a car or two cars for others. 
you know, if you're buying and selling successfully along the way, you know, your ability to lower your net out-of-pocket cost, you know, might make up for a good portion of that. But if you're somebody who rarely sells and that every pack you buy is coming as a pure expense straight out of your checking account, that's some real significant money. You know, my personal goal, like I've said before, is to always sell enough cards, make enough profit from the cards I sell to pay for the cards that I buy and keep for my personal collection. My goal, and I've been successful at this over several years now, is to build my collection at a net cost of zero. But I know for others that's not necessarily the case. And my encouragement today is that maybe that will, today's conversation will get us thinking about how much am I spending on cards? Do I know how much I'm spending on cards? Do I have a plan for that? And is that affecting other aspects of my personal finance situation? So I've got a few questions just for us to think about, and they're not all encompassing. They're not the end all be all for what you might want to consider, but hopefully it will get the ball rolling and it will get you started down the path of thinking through how you treat the financial side of cards. And the first one is really, what is your approach? Is your approach similar to mine where you want to have a self-sustaining hobby and you want to buy and sell to offset the cost? Or are you a pure collector and what you buy goes straight into your collection and you don't plan on ever selling it? Or you would just enjoy buying boxes and opening packs and Whatever you get, you get, and whatever you don't really care that much about just gets piled up in a, in a box. Do you have a plan for how much money um, you're going to set aside for cards? What is your approach going to be to collecting and to buying and selling cards? And that approach could even be, I'm not going to buy wax, I'm only going to buy singles. I think it's important that you have an approach. What's, what's the ultimate goal? You know, Is it to build a collection? Is it to narrowed down a very focused PC. You know, like we I've said before, goals are an important piece of collecting and having a similar goal of from a financial perspective, I think is also important. And that ties with setting aside a budgeted amount for the cards that that you want to buy and how much you're going to spend. I've heard far too many conversations of people who get in arguments and conflict with their spouse because of the money that gets spent on cards. I've seen too many message board posts of saying, hey, I need to move some cards because I got to pay $200 for a couple new tires for my car. Things that probably shouldn't have to happen if we're budgeting appropriately and spending an appropriate amount of money on cards. Um, We should never be in a situation that we have spent money on cards that should have gone to a car payment or a mortgage payment or an emergency fund or even for that matter setting aside money for retirement in a traditional retirement vehicle like a 401k or an IRA. So think about are you sacrificing something for your car, for your house, or for your family just because you want to buy another box of cards or buy another single or auto, whatever it might be. Those are some tough questions that you got to think about and that I have to think about and that we all have to think about. There's times where I get approached with a collection and it seems like a great deal, but my own personal rule of not using any life money or personal finance money to buy cards keeps me from buying that collection because I haven't built up enough in my PayPal account to pay that two or $3,000 for that big collection. I need to, to save up for a couple more months to, to be able to do that. 
it, it all comes down to having a plan, having a budget and sticking to it. And I think that can make the hobby a little bit more enjoyable for you. Listen, at, at the end of the day, we all have different financial situations. We all have different amounts of income that we make from our day job. We have different amounts of income that we get from side hustles. And that's one of the great things about this hobby is that it can be done in a way to accommodate almost any level of income. From $26,000 transcendent boxes, which I'll never touch in my lifetime, to buying dime box cards at a show and enjoying the hobby two or three dollars at a time. There's ways that it can be done all across the board. It can be collected as a pure expense, as a pure hobby, or it can be done in a way to generate some side income to cover the cost of your hobby and make it self-sustainable. That's one of the things I love most about collecting cards is it provides both that fun hobby aspect as well as a way to make a little money if you want. It's flexible enough to accommodate that for any of us if that's the goal you have, if that's the way that you want to approach it, if that's the mindset that you're going to take and approach it with. So ultimately, through all of the, the conversation today, through the topic that I, I covered today, I want to encourage you to come up with a plan for your cardboard. Come up with a budget for your cardboard, whether that's a pure expense or whether that is a plan or a strategy to create a self-sustaining hobby. Come up with a budget. Come up with a plan. It'll definitely benefit you in the long run. Let me know what you think. Let me know if that's something that you already do, if that's something that you struggle with or you find to be challenging. I'd love to talk through it with you and help you out and share some of the insight that I've approached it with and see if that might work for you. I'd love to talk through those types of things with you. I'll talk through other ideas on how you might be able to save expenses elsewhere in your life to be able to free up more money for cards if that's something that you're interested in. Um, I'd love to have that conversation with you. Reach out to me at waxpackhero at gmail.com. Shoot me a message on Twitter. Give me a follow on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. I'd love to hear your feedback on this topic. And don't forget about the Hobby Hotline, the live call-in show that we do every Saturday and Monday. It could be a topic that we cover there as well and get some of the other co-host thoughts on the matter. And finally, I want to give a shout out to JG Pitman3, who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. He said, if you've been collecting for years or you're just back into the hobby, you will love this podcast. Thank you, JG. That was left on my birthday, so I can't think of a better birthday present than to get a five-star review from you on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for tuning in. Let me know what you think about this topic. I can't wait to hear from you. And I'll catch you next time.